Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Yes, Lord, we give you thanks. We exalt you. We exalt your name. We declare that your Lord, we declare that your God, we declare that your King. If we don't worship you, then we are not fulfilling the main reason why you created us. It was to have fellowship with us. And it was for us to magnify your name. To worship you for your holiness. To thank you for your goodness. To praise you for your greatness. We are so glad that we can come before you. Without fear. And the fear that we have for you is in reverence of you. It is because we stand in awe of you. We glorify your name tonight and bless you. And thank you, Father, tonight. In Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say, Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you all. And... You may be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Be flat, please. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. You are beautiful beyond description to marvelous for words to wonderful for comprehension like nothing ever seen or heard who can grasp your infinite wisdom who can fathom the depths of your love you are beautiful description majesty and throat above I stand 
chapter 12 verse 1 to 2 Hebrews 12 verse 1 to 2 I want to see if I can finish up the series on looking unto Jesus tonight because I want to move on to something else on Sunday so let's give it a shot and see so this will be part 6 of looking unto Jesus and in Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, the Bible says in the New King James Version that therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Can I have a little volume? And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, 
and has sat down and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the one who initiated the Christian faith. And he is the one who set us up into it. And we are supposed to walk this Christian walk and run this Christian race doing a number of different things. One of the things that we need to do is to be inspired by those who have gone ahead of us. And we are referring to the heroes of faith like Abraham, Sarah, Noah, Joseph, and all those others. So, because they ran a similar race to what we are running, which was the race to serve God and to please him and to live for him, there is so much encouragement that we can get from them. So, they are like in the stance and they are urging us to press on and to persevere that we can make it that if they made it then we also can make it hallelujah to run the race that is set before us we are also expected to put aside every weight and every besetting sin so anything that can stop us from running fast or running effectively Anything that can be a source of discouragement to us, which can make us stop running the race, the Bible says we must put those things aside. Then the third thing that we need to do, if we're going to run this Christian race effectively, is to run with endurance, to run with perseverance, and to run with patience. The race is not an easy race. And you need endurance. You need to be able to persist. And to press on and to persevere. Otherwise you will give up. One of my favorite songs. Father help your children. And don't let them fall by the side of the road very powerful song and we actually need God to help us to be able to run this race effectively but we need inner strength and tenacity and thank God that God has given his spirit to us to give us the strength and the resilience that we need to be able to run the race effectively can I have an amen from somebody and then the last thing that we are asked to do is to look unto Jesus. And that is really the most important thing that we must do if we are going to run this Christian race well. We must look unto Jesus. And so I've taken time to show us what it really means to look unto Jesus. And I moved on from there 
to look at why we must look unto Jesus. And that is where we got to. Alright? Then the third important question that we would want to answer for ourselves is how do we look unto Jesus? How do we look unto Jesus? Alright? So back to why we must look unto Jesus. I've given you different reasons. Number one, because he's the author of our faith. Number two, because he's the finisher of our faith. Number three, because he will keep us safe and secure, ensuring that we make it. Number four, because salvation is in no other but him alone. Number five, because he's the healer. Number six, because he's the way, the truth, and the life. Number seven, because he's the light of the world. Number eight, because he's the bread of life. The ninth reason why we must look unto Jesus is because he's the source of living water. Number 10, because he's the door of the sheep. 11, because he is the good shepherd. Number 12, because he is the resurrection and the life. The 13th reason why we must look unto Jesus is because he is divine. The 14th reason is because he's our provider. And number 15, because he's our protector and deliverer. And that is where we got to. Is that not so? So that was my last point on Sunday. You know? And I want to say to you, my friends, and emphasize again, that without looking unto Jesus, we cannot make it. We cannot. And you cannot be a good Christian you cannot be an effective Christian without looking unto Jesus. There's always temptation to look to somebody else or to look somewhere else or to tend to something else. And there are times when you will hear messages that suggest that you should look to yourself and that everything that you need to be able to make it, God has already provided. And so all you have to do is to press on and to persist and persevere. Now, there's a lot of truth in that. But I try to let us understand that there are many things that are true but they are not absolute truths. That is to say that they cannot stand on their own without support of other truths. Jesus Christ is the only absolute truth and he doesn't need anything else or anybody else to compliment him. But everything else that we teach in the word of God all the Bible principles and all the Bible doctrines, they are truths, but they are not absolute truths. That, that's what I've come to realize. And each truth needs to be complemented by the other truths. It's when you put them all together that you get a clearer picture. And that is why usually if you're trying to understand something in the word of God, you just don't look at one scripture and then develop a doctrine out of it. When you do that, you will end up in error. 
you need to look for other supporting scriptures. You pick from here, you pick from here, you pick from here. And then you begin to see things clearer. So, there is truth in the fact that God has placed so much in us. But our mistake would be in thinking that because God has placed so much in us, we don't need him. And all we have to do is to just press on. That's a mistake. And I was telling you on Sunday about some very blasphemous statements that I heard two very powerful men of God making. How that Jesus is not the way maker. That Jesus is not the miracle worker. It was a commentary they were running on the famous song Waymaker by this very popular Nigerian gospel artist. And they were ridiculing the song in a certain sense that you and I are waymakers and you and I are miracle workers because Jesus said he's given us power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and nothing shall by any means hurt us. So in other words, the power has been given to us. So we don't need to look to God for any power again. You know, and some of these interesting teachings, they sound so powerful, but they are very dangerous because they take your focus and your attention away from God and from Jesus. And now you begin to look to yourself. And I tell you, the power that God has given to us to do certain things that power is not our power it is God's power and what we, we what we do is just acting on delegated authority that's what it is and I explained to you last Sunday that if somebody makes you a supervisor at a workplace He's giving you authority to supervise. But you can't go about saying that the business is yours. That the, that the power to, to, to do anything and everything is yours. It is not yours. You've just been delegated to use that power. And so we always have to be careful of anything that takes our attention from Jesus. Sometimes also our pastors, our prophets, our bishops are men of God. They want us to fix our attention on them and see them as superstars. You know, like they are the ones who have exclusive rights to God. And it's almost like we can't come to God on our own merit. They say what? They are like the secretaries of Jesus. You know? So it's like without them, we cannot have access to him. That's a very dangerous teaching. And you see, pastors feel powerful when their church members hail them, call them papa, call them daddy, address them with all these interesting titles. It's okay to honor these men of God. But I'm saying to you that they are men. They are human beings. They have weaknesses. They have flaws. They are gullible just as you are. They are fallible just as you are. They make mistakes just as you make mistakes. Don't be deceived by the way they talk sometimes. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived when they give you the impression that they've never had a bad day. 
Because some of them, when you listen to them twice, like they've never killed a mosquito before. They've never killed a fly before. They've never been angry before. They've never thought bad thoughts before. It is not true. We are what we are by the grace of God. And it is the grace and mercies of God that have placed us in the ministry. How dare us give the impression that we are something. We are nothing. We are nothing. Totally nothing. And that's the lesson that God taught Nebuchadnezzar. Because you are like the king of the world. Because Babylon in Nebuchadnezzar's time was the superpower of the world. All the other kingdoms of the world were subject to him. And he felt very cute. He felt very good about it. He had a dream. He saw a huge tree with huge branches. And there were a lot of birds sitting on it. And, and, and the wild beast in, in, in the forest found shelter under the branches of that tree. And then there was an instruction from the watchers declaring that cut that tree down. And he didn't know what the dream meant. But thankfully there was a Daniel in his service who had the gift of interpreting of dreams. And he explained to him that this dream that you had, it is, you are the tree. And God has made you powerful. You are great and there's nobody like you. But something bad is trying to happen to you. There's a certain pride in you. And there's a certain way you are carrying yourself and conducting yourself. There is danger ahead. So humble yourself. Because if you humble yourself, this thing that you saw will be averted. Otherwise, your pride will bring you down. You'll be cut down. You'll be brought low. He said, thank you. And a few days or weeks after, he was walking and surveying, you know, his, his beautiful palace, looking around at the beautiful things he had built. He said, ah, I am such a great king. Look at these powerful things that I have done. There is nobody like me. Then immediately a decree was issued that take away his brain, the human brain, and give him the mind of a wild animal and let him be driven out from amongst men into the wilderness to be like one of the wild animals for a period of seven years. After seven years, we will see about restoring him. So for seven years, this man who thought he was everything became like an animal. Crawling. Barking. Meowing. Sometimes in our universities, people decide to behave like animals. There are times when, when they are finished learning and they want to release tension. They start an animal ensemble. Some will be barking. Whoa, 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 whoa. Meow, 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 meow. Tell them, meh, meh, meh. These are university students. Do you see? Look, in every human being, there's a madness. And people display it at different times. Yeah. Yeah. Nebuchadnezzar became like a, his, his nails grew and became like claws. His hair grew very long and was out there. And they didn't want people to hear that this is what had happened to the king. Maybe they'll ask, ah, why is our king? We've not seen him for a while. They told him that he's gone 
he's going to campaign somewhere or he's going to conquer some other nations they didn't know that the king was in the forest I'm sure they used to take food to him after seven years his mind was restored and when he came to himself he became very humble realized that we are nothing that it is God who sits on the throne in heaven above who rules in the affairs of men and every human being no matter who you are no matter what you have always remain little in your own sight and don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to yeah I'm just explaining to you why it's important to look unto Jesus and not to look to anybody else don't look to yourself don't look to what you have don't just look don't look to your education don't look to your family connections don't look to your background don't look to what you have don't look to those things don't look to your father don't look to your mother don't look to your uncle don't look to your pastor don't look to your husband don't look to your wife look to Jesus he's the one we are supposed to look to and this year by the grace of God we will look unto Jesus hallelujah so I'm explaining to you why we must look unto Jesus. Why? Why must we look to him? And we must look to him because everything that we need, everything that we desire, everything that will make us succeed and do well can be found in Jesus. And note what I'm saying. Everything, oh, everything that we are looking for. What, what are people looking for in this life? What are they looking for? People are looking for money. People are looking for comfort. People are looking for joy. Joy that lasts. People are looking for peace. People are looking for satisfaction. People are looking for the meaning to life. People are looking for the truth. Everything that we are looking for, everything that mankind is looking for, everything that mankind needs can be found in Jesus. And that's why we must look to him. So as I share with you about why we must look to Jesus, I am bringing out for you to see the different things that we find in Jesus, which is why we must look unto him. Number 16, the 16th reason why we must look unto Jesus is because he is the only one who can help us. Because he is the only one who can help us. Jesus is the only one who can help us. There is a story in Mark chapter 9 It's, it's a long story. I don't want to read everything. But I'll give you a little summary of it. You know, so what happened here was that Jesus went up the Mount of Transfiguration. You know the story of how he went up to a mountain with Peter, James, and John. And then over there he was transfigured before them. And then Elijah and Moses appeared by his side and they had a wonderful time up there. Now, whilst they were enjoying themselves on top of the mountain, the rest of the disciples 
were at the foot of the mountain. When a man came with his son, the son wasn't well. Sure, a little boy, maybe 11 years, 12 years, who had a very complex problem. What were his problems? He was deaf. He was dumb. He had epilepsy. And he was also suicidal. There are times when there's something that's trying to drive him to kill himself. So if you like, he was demon possessed. So that's five things in one person. You know how there's a type of coffee. They say three in one. It has everything. Sugar is inside. Milk is inside. Then the coffee itself. So this little boy had a problem like that. Complex problem. A lot of different things were wrong with him. I'm sure his father was very worried. Had tried different things. I mean, if you're a parent and your child is not well, it's not an easy thing at all. It's not an easy thing. Sometimes you wish you can take that pain on yourself for your child to be well. So I can imagine how this father went all over the place visiting one hospital after the other, going to see a herbalist, going to see qualified doctors, orthodox medicine, tried different things, maybe went to even see a malam or a juju person, anything. Because when you are desperate, you want to try many things. May God take desperation out of your life, lah. May you never be driven to do anything bad out of desperation in Jesus' mighty name. So finally, he heard about Jesus. And he decided that, look, the stories that I've heard about this man, he sounds very powerful. And it looks like he's the last hope for my son. But unfortunately, when he came, Jesus was not around. He had gone up the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And he came to meet the nine other disciples who were feeling overzealous and overconfident. Because if you read some of the earlier if you read the earlier chapters, you realize that Jesus had sent them out and they had gone to do some great miracles. They said that even the demons were subject to your name. When we tell people, Pieco, 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 and you know, the people will start manifesting, rolling, foaming, vomiting. They said, oh, it was a very wonderful thing. They healed the sick, did a lot of great things. So they were feeling very cute. And they felt they were very powerful. Again, that is the problem with us. When God starts using us small, when we see one or two things, no, then we begin to think that we are, we are, always, yeah. And then now nobody can advise us anymore. Nobody can talk to us anymore. And we, we move around with a certain arrogance. And, and we think that we can control people's lives and destinies anyway, anyhow. It, it's fantastic. Then we begin to manipulate, intimidate, exploit. Control. Yeah. So they were feeling very good. And they thought, they, oh, is it because of this thing that you are looking for Jesus? You've come, oh, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? Don't worry at all. Don't worry at all. We we will solve this problem for you and bring the boy, bring the little boy bring him bring him so I'm sure they did a circle and they put the boy in there 
kinds of things. Casting, binding, tying, loosing, releasing, commanding, instructing. But the thing was not working. The boy was not getting any better. And now the whole thing had become embarrassing for them. Fortunately, Jesus appeared and, and asked that, what's going on? And then the man explained to him that, isn't not this your two known disciples? I came, I said I was looking for you. They said they can solve my problem. I said, my problem is not an ordinary problem. I said, this is my son. This, this. So he narrated the issue. But then there's something that he said to Jesus, which I've always found very intriguing. So he explained the situation to Jesus. Mark chapter 9 verse 22. He explained and said, and often he, that is that demon controlling all the bad things that were happening to the boy. Remember that he was deaf, he was dumb, he had epilepsy, he, he was suicidal. There was an evil spirit behind it. So it says, and often this evil spirit has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. Now notice what he said to Jesus. He said, but if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. But if you can do anything, so in a way, he was questioning Jesus' ability to solve this problem. Because maybe when he saw how much effort the disciples put in and the problem didn't go away, now he was having doubts as to whether the thing will get any better. So he says to Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Verse 23. And this was Jesus' response to him. Verse 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Believe what or believe in who? Of course, believe in me. So Jesus was saying that if you can believe in me and believe in what I can do, all things are possible to the one who believes. Next verse. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. So although he said he believes, he realized that there was some unbelief somewhere. So he prayed and said, God, I believe, but I'm struggling to really believe. So help me to believe totally. And Jesus did a great miracle and delivered the child. Now, the lesson to draw from this encounter that this man had with Jesus is that really when all is said and done, it is only Jesus who can help us in this life. Only Jesus. That's why we must look to him. Only Jesus can turn things around. Only Jesus can make a way. And yes, he's the way maker. Only Jesus can take your pain away. Only Jesus can pull you out of that hole that you find yourself in. Only Jesus can make your life beautiful. Only Jesus can make a way where there seems to be no way. 
I mean the marital issues that you are battling with, that you are struggling with. It's only Jesus. Only Jesus. Because everything that you have tried hasn't worked. He doesn't like you again. He doesn't love you again. You've done everything. Everything that you can do, you have done. Anything that you can do to make him happy and pleased with you, you have done it, but it's still not working. It's only Jesus who can help you. Your problem at the workplace, it is only Jesus. The trouble you are in, the debt you owe, the monies you owe, that you can't even stay in your house. It is only Jesus who can make a way for you. And that's why I'm saying to you, you ask me, why must I look unto Jesus? My response, because only Jesus can help you. Your dreams, your aspirations, the kind of life that you want to have, only Jesus can help you to have that kind of life. And that's why we must look unto him. Hallelujah. Number 17, we must look unto Jesus because he is the only one who is always willing to help us. He's the only one who is always, always willing to help us. He's the only one. Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 to 3. From the New Living Translation. It says, large crowds followed Jesus as he came down the mountainside. Suddenly, a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said. Now, take note of what he said to Jesus. If you are willing... That's what he said to Jesus. If you are willing, you can heal me. So in other words, I know you can. But right now, it's an issue of if you want to. Or if you are willing to help me. He says, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I like it. I always feel moved. When I read this thing, the guy had, you know, a disease that you can easily catch. What's the word for it? It's leprosy. It's, it's, a, it's a highly infectious disease. That's, that's the expression I'm looking for. That means that if you come into contact with somebody who has that disease, you can get, you can, you can catch it. You know, there's a new, a new type of fever in the system. They, they call it monkey fever. Now they've changed it to M fever. Because they say, when you say monkey, it's like you're discriminating against monkeys. So now they call it M fever. Human beings are funny. Yeah. You have, you see some rashes on your body. You have fever and it's very contagious. Uh, here in Ghana, three people have died out of it. You know, 
Leprosy is a highly contagious and it is a highly infectious disease. But Jesus touched him. And there was no cure for it in those days. But he touched him. He touched him. Look, no matter how dirty, nasty, ugly, some way you are, Jesus loves you and is ready to touch you and to reach out to you at the point of your need. Human beings will shun you and reject you and cast you aside if you don't meet their requirements, if you don't meet their standards, if, they, if you don't look a certain way for them. But Jesus loves us and he never turns away from his people and from anyone who turns to him for help. So he touched the man and this is what he said to him. I am willing, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Hallelujah. He said to him, I am willing. It, you, you see, there are times when in relation to God, you may find yourself asking, can God actually solve this thing for me? Can he? Especially when whatever that problem is has been there for a very long time. At a point, you can actually begin to question whether God can solve that problem for you. So that is what it is with some people. There are others also who don't have any doubt at all that God can solve the problem for them. But for them, the question is, will he? Obey. If you see that he seems to have done it for others, then you begin to ask, yourself, hey, when is he going to do it for me? It's like every time you, you find people who are receiving the very thing that you are looking for. But yours is not coming. Yours seems to have delayed. You can get to a point where you begin to question whether God wants to do something about it. It's not whether he can know, but it's whether he wants to and whether he's willing to do it. And the reality of this life and the people that you have in your life is that there are people who can help you. But will they help you? So sometimes that's what you're dealing with. There are people who can help you, but they will not. There are people also who would like to help you. They are willing, but they cannot. They want to help you, but they cannot. So there are those who can help you, but they will not. Then there are those who would like to help you, but they cannot. And if you've been around for a while, you realize that that is usually the situation with the people around, around you. There are those who can help you, but they will not help you. There are those who can't help you, there are those who would like to help you, but they cannot. Then there are those who can help you, but, I mean, they can't help you, and they will also not want to help you if they could help you. <laughs> <laughs> Do 
So they can't help you. And even if they could help you, they, 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 they wouldn't like to help you. But Jesus is the only one who can help us and is also willing to help us. So that's what he explained to the guy, to the leper. He says, I'm willing to help you. I, I, I want to help you. He said, I am willing. Be clean. And instantly, the guy was made clean. And so we look to Jesus because he's willing to help us. So whatever you are dealing with, whatever you are battling with, don't take your eyes off Jesus. Don't take your eyes off him. Take your eyes off everybody else. You are going to the wrong places looking for help. Come to Jesus by yourself. Run to him. Come to his mercy seat. Run to his mercy seat. The Bible says that you will obtain mercy and find grace to help. Whatever help you need, run to Jesus for it. I submit to you that the reason why sometimes things don't get any better for us is we are not looking onto Jesus in a fixed, concentrated way like the way we are supposed to. There are times when we say we are looking onto him, but you are looking somewhere else. You are doing your own calculations. That's what it is. So you say you are believing him for a job, but you have already sent some applications somewhere and that's where your mind is. So as you are praying, oh God, give me a job. Oh God, give me a job. Oh God, give me... In your mind, you have done some calculations already. You know? So we must look unto Jesus because he is willing to help us and he's always willing to help us. Hallelujah. Number 18. The reason why we must look unto Jesus because he's the only one who loved us enough to give his life for us. He's the only one who loved us enough to give his life for us. I think I would like to look to such a person. The one who loved me enough and decided to give his life for me. Why would I want to look to anybody else? To somebody else who, who, who was not willing to give his life for me. I prefer to look to Jesus. So in John 15 verse 13, New Living Translation. It says, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And this is Jesus describing what he was about to do. He spoke to the disciples and told them that the love that I have for you guys and all of mankind is so intense, so deep that I am prepared to lay down my life for you. And I call you my friends. That's why I prefer to look to Jesus and not to look to anybody else. Because he's the only one who loved me enough to give his life for me. And I'm so certain that if I was the only sinner on the face of the earth, he would still have given his life for me. That is the, the, the magnitude of the love that God has for us, that Jesus has for us. So in Matthew 20, 28... 
Matthew 20, 28, it says, For even the Son of Man came not to be saved, but to save others and to give his life as a ransom for many. To give his life as a ransom for many. There was some money that had to be paid to set us free. You, you, I'm, sure, I'm sure you've heard of stories of people having been kidnapped and it's like there's money you have to pay for them to be freed. That money is what we call a ransom. And once upon a time, we were under captivity. We were under bondage to the devil. And there's a price that had to be paid to free us from his evil clutches. And the price that had to be paid was the life of Jesus. So Jesus gave his life as a ransom for you and I so that we can be freed from the evil grip of the devil and be reconciled with God. So why do I want to look to anybody else but him? I want to look to Jesus and we must look to Jesus because he's the only one who loved us enough to give his life for us. Hallelujah. Number 19, we must look to Jesus because he's our advocate and intercessor. He is our advocate and intercessor. We'll be done in the next few minutes. First John chapter 2 verse 1. We must look unto Jesus because he is our advocate and intercessor. It says in 1 John chapter 2 verse 1, My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate. Everybody say advocate. We have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. So Jesus Christ is our advocate. Advocate is an old English word for lawyer. Alright? Lawyer. So Jesus Christ is our lawyer. He's the one who rises to our defense. Then in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. It says, therefore... He is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. So Jesus Christ is our intercessor. He is our advocate and he is our intercessor. If you ask that what is the present day ministry of Jesus Christ? What is he doing now? The answer is simple. He's interceding for us. He's defending us in the courtroom of heaven. He's pleading with the fire, but with the Father to show us mercy, to shower us with his goodness, to deal kindly with us. He's constantly reminding the Father that I paid the price for their sins. I gave my life for them. I shed my blood for them. I've paid the price. So they deserve to be forgiven. They deserve to receive your goodness. They deserve to receive your kindness. And ever since he left the earth, when he ascended to heaven, that is the work that he's been doing for more than 2,000 years. He's our advocate. And he's our intercessor. The tree will say he is an okamafo, one who is speaking some for you. He is your odimafo, one who is chopping some for you. You see, chopping your matter for you. That's how we have a song. Oh, you come up for mommy. Oh, you demon for mommy. Jesus, 
Jesus, oh, you're coming for my man. Jesus, Jesus, oh, you're demon for my man. That's why we must look to him. If you have a case in court, you have to look to your lawyer. Otherwise, I mean, what else will you do? If you have a lawyer, you have to look to your lawyer that your lawyer will be able to defend you and be able to do it well so that you'll be declared not guilty. Do you see? But Jesus Christ is our advocate. He is our intercessor. And that's why we must look to him. He's the one who is always talking some for us. Always the devil is coming with accusations against us. Every time he's saying that we are evil, we are bad, we don't deserve anything from God, we are wicked. But every time Jesus is speaking on our behalf, telling the Father, Father, I love them. Yes, I know that there are some ways, but I love them. That's why I gave my life for them. And I paid the price. Once the price has been paid, you cannot destroy them. Father, you can't. You are too righteous and too just to just throw them away. So, Father, show them mercy. Show them kindness. Help them. Give them what they want. Make their lives better. Constantly, that is what Jesus is doing. Speaking on our behalf. Interceding on our behalf. And that's why we must look unto Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one, because he's our hope of glory. Jesus Christ is our hope of glory. Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. New King James Version. We must look to Jesus because he's our hope of glory. Colossians 1.27 To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles. The part that you're looking for is the last part. And what it says there is, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Everybody say, Christ in me is my hope of glory. Say it again, Christ in me is my hope of glory. And ladies and gentlemen, it is the presence of Christ in our lives. That gives us hope that things are going to get better. And things are going to get beautiful. Glory means beauty. Glory means splendor. Glory has to do with niceness or nice things. And it is Jesus Christ who makes our lives beautiful. It's Jesus Christ who gives us that assurance and hope that things are going to get better. Our homes are going to be better. Our marriages are going to be better. Our finances are going to be better. Our businesses are going to be better. Our spiritual lives are going to be better. It is Christ in us that gives us that hope. And that's why we must always look to him. Because if you don't look to him, you will never have that hope that anything is going to get better. There are too many things happening around us to discourage us. If you keep your eyes on those things, you will always be depressed. And you will always feel low and you will always be down. But ladies and gentlemen, we must keep looking unto Jesus. Knowing that Christ in us is the hope of glory. Oh, this year, may he make your life beautiful. May he make your life glorious. 
May he make your life nice. May he cause you to have a lot of good things in your life this year. In Jesus name. 21. We must look to Jesus because he's the one who never changes. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 8. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That's why we must look to him. Because he's the only one who never changes. Think about it. A lot of people that you put your trust in and looked up to, they changed. They changed. People change. We change all the time. If, if, if things are okay for us, then you can count on us. But if things are not okay with us, you cannot count on us. So we, we are subject to change all the time. That's why people will make all kinds of promises to you. But when push gets to shove, they will, be, they will not be there to make good on what they promised you. It is only Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah. Number 22, we must look to Jesus because he never sleeps and he never slumbers. He never sleeps, he never slumbers. Psalms 121 verse 4 to 5. Behold, New King James Version. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. We must look to Jesus because he never sleeps and he never slumbers. Me, as your pastor, I sleep and I slumber. If you think that I don't sleep and every time, 24-7, I'm praying for you and I'm interceding for you, let it be known very clearly unto you today that it is not true. I sleep. I do what? I sleep. There are times when I'm, I'm praying and I sleep. Do you hear what I'm saying? So that's why you cannot put all your trust in me. Even though I'm your pastor. I slumber. And I sleep. You had better look to Jesus. So if you are looking to me, then you are making a very serious mistake. The time that you think I am praying and interceding for you, brother, I am fast asleep. That's why sometimes you are calling me, you don't get through. There are calls that I miss because I have slept deeply. It's when I wake up in the morning, so, oh, <laughs> oh, this brother was calling me. Then I pick and say, oh, you, you called me, eh? I was asleep. Because I'm a human being. I'm asleep. That's why you must look to the one who never sleeps. And the one who never slumbers. He is your CCTV camera 24-7. That is the Lord Jesus himself. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Number 23. Because he will never leave us nor forsake us. That's why we must look unto him. 24. Because he is the source of the wisdom and the knowledge that we need. And number 25. We must look to Jesus. Because through him we can achieve everything that we set out to do. Hallelujah. Philippians 4.13 For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Through who? Through Christ. Through Christ who gives me strength. Only Christ can give you 
every strength that you need to be able to do anything and everything that you want to do in this life and that is why we must look unto jesus hallelujah so ladies and gentlemen these are 25 reasons why we must look unto jesus and i want to encourage you get the message thankfully every sunday we make the message available on our on the church whatsapp platform there's also something we call the podcast which is on the internet and you you have to look for my name just look for pastor johnny's podcast and you'll find it and all the messages that i've preached over a certain period of time are available there so i want to encourage you to listen to this message over and over again about looking unto jesus remember that that is our theme for the year and i pray that as we look unto jesus may he become more real to us and may we see a lot of change and difference in our lives this year we will not look to anybody else we will not turn to anybody we will not turn to anything we are taking our eyes off ourselves off other people of other things and we are keeping them fixed and focused on the lord jesus and i know that he will come through for us and be there for us no matter what we go through in the course of the year god bless you rise up to your feet and let's close tonight's service hallelujah god bless you father thank you for tonight and thank you for everything that we've learned today all the different reasons we have been taught explaining to us why we must look unto Jesus. We pray, oh God, that this year may we do nothing else but to look unto you and to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, the only one who can make our lives beautiful and glorious, the only one who can help us, the only one who is willing to help us, the only one who is our advocate and our intercessor, the only one who will never leave us nor forsake us, the only one who will be there for us no matter what comes our way. Thank you, Father, for this revelation that we have of our Jesus. And I pray that this revelation will guide us in our Christian walk and in this race that we are running. And thank you that by the grace of God and by the help of this Jesus that we are looking onto, we will arrive at our intended destinations and we will have the expected end to the glory of your name. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And let everybody say, Amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.